Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to create a life-like, accurate Thor's hammer. Is that what you're going with? <laughs> That's the one I'm going with. That's true. I don't. There's know how to a do reason. That. There's a reason I'm going with this. I know it sounds like I'm sure a there's total, really not like a not a not good, uncreative podcast intro, but uh, there's a YouTube channel called The Hacksmith. And they spent $10,000 buying raw tungsten, which is incredibly dense. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's one and a half times denser than lead to make a ridiculously heavy Thor's hammer. I think it weighs about 110 pounds, but it's the exact size of the one in the movie. So, what I want to see is there's another YouTube channel called Jujimufu, and they always do like these grip gauntlets where they just like try to grip the ridiculously heavy things i want to see them collab with the hacksmith and do a grip gauntlet with the thor's hammer so if anyone is like i don't know slightly fond of this podcast and has nothing to do then i don't know tweet those two channels and get it going i want to see it there it is i want to see it yeah i don't know <laughs> anyway my name is thomas i'm here as always with my good friend martin and uh we have to address the elephant in the room yeah. It's right there. His name's Horton. What? And no, I think he heard um, a who. Let's see. Schedule-wise, we, yes. we missed an episode. We did. Oh, no. The world has ended. It's we over. We are now talking to the remnants of humanity that somehow escaped in the spaceships that Elon Musk had ready the whole time underground. Yep. Why do you think he was building the boring company? It was so we could have giant underground bunkers where he would secretly store ships to get us off the planet when the planet blew up and the tunnels would get you to the ships i have all faith <laughs> elon saved me <laughs> i i did appreciate one of his tweets the other day he just tweeted a picture of a bumblebee wearing a top hat and he was like hey this is my pet bee <laughs> he's doing good things i guess <laughs> i enjoyed that look what other ceo has a twitter feed made mostly of like high level business and engineering announcements but then like just the odd stupid meme i don't know you're right it's me <laughs> anyway okay so if you're part of the uh college and geek newsletter which you can become a part of it by going over to college slash book and downloading a free copy of my book on how to earn better grades and even if you don't want that that'll get you on the newsletter that's how we yeah, you could just now. delete it if you want. You could throw that book in the digital trash. You could. You could just, I don't want this. Probably don't, Actually, you but could you just, could, though. You could just choose not to download no, it. No, then it doesn't have the spite of deleting it. That's true. But it would get you on the newsletter. Yeah. Where uh, usually every Sunday I send a Sunday tools and tips newsletter where I share the things we've made, ranging from this podcast to any videos and articles that came out. Uh, but I also share things that I'm reading, tools that I found, study music, quotes, fun things like that. Um, I sent a message out to everyone on the newsletter a few days ago, basically saying that I had burned out. Uh, and I think if I were to ask you or Anna, I was born burned out or anybody. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying if I were to ask you or Anna or anybody, you know, when it was that I burned out, you oh, would probably also say you were also born burned out a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, what burned me out was the pace at which we create content because for I think eight or nine months, we've been on a schedule of putting out four videos a month, sometimes five, uh, one podcast every single Monday, trying to oversee the creation of good articles, trying to pseudo manage people doing whatever it is else it is that we do. And I had always kind of wanted to dial back because I like to take my time on things, but a couple of things got in the way. I think one of them was my pride because I was like, well, I should be able to do this. I'm like the productivity guy. There's no need to dial back. Um, the fact that I had hired people, which means that our operating expenses are higher than they've ever been. So the income has to come in. And, uh, Another thing for me is like I would look at other YouTube channels or podcasts that had a lot of videos coming out every week and be like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? You know, if my friend Aaron Marino can put out a video like every other day, why can't I? And of course, the answer is like his videos are simpler. They're like six minutes, no B-roll. 
Yeah. You know, that's, that's just not my style. And whenever I put out a video, it's just like very little B-roll and I had to get it out in a rush. I would never feel good about it. And then, uh, you know, I put it out and the next one's due in like three days and I'm not excited to work on the next project because I'm just like creatively burned out and there's no time to put into it. Yeah. You don't even have time to say, Hey, wait a second. Am I burned out? You're already on the next deadline. Mm -hmm. You, You can't stop. And I think you felt the same way, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it, it was starting to get really hard to come up with just topics because yeah. I just be like, yeah, talked about that, talked about that. This one would require some interesting research or life experience. Too bad we're recording tomorrow, so I I have no time for the research or life experience required. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it makes things uh, tough, makes it difficult. So, um, what I said in the newsletter was that I'm going to go down to three videos a month, and. Uh, I was originally going to go down to two, but we've actually sold out a lot of our inventory, so we're going to respect that and and keep it at three. Yeah. And now that I've given that some thought, I think three is actually fine. I think I was so mired in like the mild depression and burnout that had that I had built up because of four to five a month that I figured the only thing to do was to go down to two a month. But I think I think three a month is doable, especially since you're helping to write scripts now. Tony's getting really good at editing now. Like, I think there are going to be videos that I can basically just host. Yeah. Well, at the very least, we're going to find out if three is doable. We'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. Well, the other thing is we run the numbers, and like with two, it would have been like break even. Yeah. You know, which is less than optimal. It is As less a business, than optimal. You want to make profit. <laughs> <laughs> Number one business tip: make a profit. You're trying to profit, it's or pretty, you can't have food. Good one. Yeah. That and yeah, you can't really help people if you're not also making at least enough to keep your business running. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, the other thing is I'm not going to be sending newsletters out for the entire month of June because I'm finally going on a vacation. A real vacation. Real vacation. Unlike all the fake vacations. Every vacation I've taken in the last three, four years has been a fake vacation where I take my laptop with me and even when I'm getting on the plane, I know like, all right, well, I'm like thinking of... I can work from the beach. I can get some work done on this beach chair. Bad use of beach. (laughs) And so again, like there's all this guilt that comes in because I'm like, you know, I can set my own schedule and I'm an entrepreneur. Like what, what do I have to complain about? Yeah. I'm going on this business trip to this cool location. Like I should just treat it as a vacation. Even if I'm planning on working on it, it should still rejuvenate me. Come on brain, get rejuvenated. I know that I'm checking email, but you know, that, that doesn't work. So I'm taking a real actual vacation. Anna and I are going to go to Hawaii and, I don't know, like find waterfalls or something. Yeah. Though like they, that one song whatever. did say don't go chasing those things. Oh, that's so, a good point. Uh, then again, like there are no rivers and streams to get used to in Denver. So I don't think that song applies to me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no newsletters in June because of that. Um, but they will be back in July. And we'll see if I change the format or not. The, the biggest thing that uh, I think part of it was the newsletter was hard for me to write because I spent so much time working on content that I would not actually find a new tool to promote or I would not actually find something interesting enough that I wanted to share reading-wise. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be like, okay, guys, I spent the entire week reading like esoteric articles about EQ in sound design because that's what I'm interested in interested in or like I read the product manual to this drum sampler I'm not going to send that to them so like there's just weeks where I don't read anything that's worth sharing but uh that'll be back possibly in a modified form and maybe I will have the courage to say hey this week I didn't read anything interesting but you know we at least made something for you so I'll share that yeah uh the thing I did not say in that newsletter um, but we later decided to do was this podcast is going to become bi-weekly. We've been weekly for, gosh, what, three years? A very long time and very consistent. I remember there were a couple times we were almost going to miss it. And I was just like, we're not going to miss it. I don't think we've ever missed. We're going to do it. And then we just we just did it, you know? Yeah. We just had one over Skype. And we just... Ever since we went, like, really, I mean, you know, we committed to weekly. Because when I started the podcast, there was no schedule. So there's like once a month sometimes. But I think when you came on officially, and it was probably around episode 100. Yeah, I don't think we've missed a week at we all. We've never missed then. a week. Uh, including now. the week where you broke your finger, and I came back here and recorded a solo episode. Yeah, to we, make up we for took it. it seriously. Yep. So this is the first time we missed a week. 
And the reason that we're not making the announcement on the previous episode before that week was missed is because that was already kind of in the can before I had this revelation and actually put out. Yeah, hopefully you've seen us tweet or something and you Mm -hmm. knew we were going to miss last week. But if you didn't, that's why. Yeah. So I would like to talk a little bit about the results of this. I have not yet gone on vacation. This is true. I sent this newsletter out on Monday. And I think it was, was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. Um, I had the conversation with my sponsor manager on Monday about it. Like, hey, can we move stuff around and cut down the schedule? Like, I'm burned out. And it was like a light switch going off or going on. Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, you saw me do the ad just like five minutes ago. Didn't that seem a lot more energetic than usual? It was also a lot quicker. It was quicker. It was more fluid. It was like my brain had been constricted for so long. And I had just been like forcing content out of it, using my old habits, using whatever talents I have. But it wasn't like, it wasn't my full capacity. You know, it wasn't my full power. Nope. Which you should never go against me full power. Just saying. You could probably go against him full power. <laughs> It'll be fine. You can't sacrifice speed for power. Yeah. <laughs> Not against me. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's funny because I'm still under a deadline for a video that has to go out before I go to Hawaii. So it's like the actual workload hasn't slowed down yet. But just knowing that it's going to, I've started getting ideas again. Yeah, this and is like the end of a, almost the end of a school year. Yeah. Where you're like, the homework is going to end soon, so I can yeah. I can manage crunch time right now. I think part of it was, you know, I've always thrived on getting new novel ideas and experimenting and exploring. And when I committed to this, you know, once per week schedule for videos and podcasts and also had like this implicit thing in my head that I was going to get back to writing articles, it was like, oh, the treadmill does not end ever. Or if it does end, it's some unspecified date in the future. And what that had the effect of doing was anytime I'd get a new new idea, I would get agitated. Because I know, like, I'm already scrambling to get everything done now. So I can't do this other thing in addition. And it kind of sucked. Yeah. You know? But now with the knowledge that, okay, we're going to take our time to make things, and there's going to be less of those things, but they're going to be better and more artistic, and I'll be more fulfilled by them. If I get an idea... I can go back on some of the more efficient practices that we have been using out of necessity, like, you know, doing a more improv video and, or having you write a script or having a freelance writer write a script. And then I can use that time to do the big project. I've already got three big projects that have come into my mind in the last few days, and I'm excited to do each of them. Cool. So. Yeah, a little freeing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess two morals of the story I want to share here for anyone who didn't read the newsletter. First thing is uh, creative work requires breaks. And sometimes it requires longer breaks than you think you need. It's not like you can just go to sleep or play a video game for an hour and get totally rejuvenated. You know? And the, the sad thing is YouTube does not encourage this. But when you look outside of YouTube and like the social media internet content creation game, like authors go all in, they go deep, they write a book, then it's done. And then they do something else for a while. Go on book tour, uh, do all the negotiations with the publisher. Disappear for 10 years before they write the third book of what I want to read. Yeah. They take their time. They work on the craft. They're not going to be that rushed or it wouldn't even be that good. Mm -hmm. Unless you're Brandon Sanderson, but that man is a machine. I don't know if he's rushing. More so than just casually just writing over here with one hand and like, oh, look, a book. Another one. How did that get there? (laughs) Yeah, but most authors, you know, they take their time between creations. Same with bands and musicians. They go into the studio and they write and they record and then they switch gears and they go tour. And, you know, it would be absolutely bonkers to say that, you know, touring is not a creative act, but it's different because you're performing material you already made again. You know, and a lot of bands will put their own creative spin on it each time they play, but it's still like, we wrote this song, we kind of know how it goes, we're going to go tour it. And and I've I've watched some interviews with bands who will just say, like, straight up, when I go on tour, it's kind of like I'm a robot. You know, you, you do three or four different sets, 
and the fourth one or the fifth one, you just you kind of know exactly what to play. You're just up there, you're giving a good show, but you know exactly what you're going to do going in. Very different than going and writing and recording an album. Yeah. So, if at all possible, I want to inject a little bit of that into what we do, even though what we do is kind of governed by a always hungry algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not too hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing but is quality like, is important. You know, I've been reading a few books that were written by journalists, and uh, the like the books, uh, for example, Bad Blood, uh, Smartest Guys in the Room, which is the Enron saga. Um, Black Edge, which is all about like insider trading. These books started as newspaper stories or magazine articles. So journalists went in deep and did all kinds of research and interviews, and they'd spent like months working on one project, and eventually that piece came out. And, like the overall publication is constantly publishing things, but the individual journalists, they aren't being rushed to like write a new thing every day. So, and I realized that like that's kind of why journalism is in such a rough spot now because that is very expensive to bankroll. Yeah. But I think it needs to be said, like a lot of online publishing these days is rushed. Well, there's a 24-hour news cycle and like nine out of 10 articles is actually just somebody's opinion on the first article Mm -hmm. because you got to have something. So let's have this, this person give their opinion on it and then we'll have this person give their opinion on it and then we'll do that because there wasn't any new news. Well, I do find it a little telling that like a lot of what's popular on YouTube right now is just commentary on other YouTube videos. Like I'm saying like vocal teacher reacts to this person. Oh, we're all getting so meta, you know, and also forgetting how to form our own opinions. And no, I I don't really have a problem with that kind of content. Oh, I just mean on the super negative side. That's true. But like, I think it's a consequence of like, that's easy, not easy because there's a lot of experience behind the person who's commenting, but it's like in, in the act of creation, it's not terribly difficult to do when compared to like writing an entire script. And they're commenting on a work that is inherently entertaining already. And they can talk for a long time because like you can take the length of the work and kind of like double it almost if you do the entire thing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess all I'll have to say is we're going to do less and we're going to do it better. Yeah. We're going to do the uh, essentialist thing. And I know it took me a long time. We're going to go up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess that was the other lesson. Like, doing more things is not always the best way to work hard. Yeah, and, and knowing all the stuff doesn't mean it's not hard to do anyway because there were so many external pressures. We couldn't just be like, well, this is – I can see why logically that would theoretically be better, mm-hmm. but let's do more anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're 18 minutes in. This is true. And I don't know. I think all this needed to be said. But I still want to talk about what we are here to talk about. Yeah. Which This was a mini podcast in yeah. front of the new one. It'll make up for podcast. last week. It's a variety show. No, it's, not, it's not a variety show. But I want to talk a little bit about our career paths and what led us here. Because neither of us went into college or I don't think even in high school we had planned on being online broadcasters this like wasn't a real thing or hashtag influencers you know i could if if i had told somebody growing up this is what i wanted to be when i grew up i would be making up a job (laughs) (laughs) nobody's gonna pay you for that radio what are you talking about all right well what i'm gonna do is like kind of do that but i'm just gonna record it in my bedroom and then we're gonna put it on the internet somehow are you familiar with that yet not everybody even has it hooked up it's not that great but (laughs) I'm going to make money doing this. It's like not a real thing. All right. So we're going to talk about the history and kind of what led us here. And the reason I want to do this is I want to show just how twisty and unpredictable career paths are. Because I remember when I was in school, I thought that the first job I get out of college was going to be absolutely pivotal. And if I got the wrong one, it was going to put me on the wrong path. And I would just go off into the depths of space and never be heard from again essentially which incidentally if you get a job as like astronaut for a really sloppy space agency that could happen yeah i guess but what i've learned since then is nope what i wanted to do in college now has nothing to do with what i do now and there's this very twisty path that got me to here so 
I don't know, I guess what I'm hoping to do with this illustration is to show that you like all the marbles aren't riding on your first job out of college. Yeah. And unexpected things that you happen to do or be passionate about at some point can pay off Mm -hmm. in ways that you, you wouldn't see. So to start this off, how would you describe your current career? Uh, Obviously I'm (laughs) a podcaster. Okay. I'm also the, the occasional script writer, researcher, editor, the occasional article writer, researcher, editor, um, viceroy of technology, and that uh, I'm a web developer. That is, and your term, also your title. manage the server. And sometimes I think about business stuff. I do some stuff with the email list and thinking about managing stuff and strategy. Really, just kind of every single thing. <laughs> now that I think everything, everything that you could think of. Yeah. I, I made the pixel llama and the footer of the website. So, so I'm, a, I'm a pixel artist. artist. Yep. That's going to be a sticker soon. Uh, yeah. I kind of just uh, – I like technology viceroy the best, but since everything else is in there, I'm just going to go with regular viceroy. I just want to be a viceroy. Okay. That's I it. mean, technology I do viceroy. Like, I do like everything. Yeah. How could I possibly define that as a job? You have a more variable role than I do now. Yeah, it's because I, mean, I have 18 arms. Yeah, well, you keep them pretty well hidden. Yep. Boy, if you had 18 arms, like – my champ every time four. i injure my arms you i like grow more my emperor or like i don't even know what's a better title than champ um probably my viceroy I that's what it is my vo- actually my vo- are you tipping like a fedora my viceroy yes <laughs> i know i don't yes. know if i approve that's of this. a new pokemon 18 arms one of them tipping a fedora i can't pokemon number 896 no that's not they didn't talk about that in the t- the trailer this morning. <laughs> That's because they were hiding it from you. They want to surprise you. I guess. I hope not. So it's a little more clear cut for me. Um, first and foremost, a YouTuber and a podcaster. Uh, you know, I was an author because I wrote a book, but I haven't written a book in a while. So I don't know if that's a current role. And then I do business development too, but I certainly don't do any technology viceroying anymore yeah i don't know the way that i like to think about it is i get paid to do what every student has to do when they get assigned a research project but then like once the paper's done i have to then film it yeah basically (laughs) or record it you're just perpetually in a class that pays you pretty much yeah uh so this is not what i wanted to do when i was a wee lad and by a wee lad, I mean a six-foot-tall, 17-year-old high school kid. I was convinced that I wanted to be a network or database administrator or a systems administrator. I wanted to be the dude running all of the computer infrastructure for a huge corporation. And I remember at my like high school room, I had like a TV that I bought at Goodwill, and I would play like episodes of the IT crowd or put like the website is down YouTube series up on that monitor, like my second monitor while I did coding or like read an A plus certification book. I was basically sure I wanted to do this, which is interesting because almost everyone that I met during my freshman year of college, when I'd asked them what they wanted to do, they're like, don't really know. I'm majoring in computer engineering, but I don't know what I want to do. There was a few that were like, I want to make video games. And all of them don't do that now. But most people just, they didn't know. Yeah. So I kind of felt weird. I was like, I I know what I want to do. So first job in college was working at the computer repair center. Actually, not really repair center. There was like an actual hardware repair center downstairs. But we we basically reset passwords and removed viruses and helped with any sort of software issue. And I honestly loved that job. And that pretty much reaffirmed that I really wanted to do network administration, systems administration, all that kind of stuff. Um, The summer after my freshman year, that was kind of a weird divergence because there's this position at Iowa State. I don't know if you ever met these people. They're called Cyclonades. And they they give tours of the university to all like the visiting groups in the summer. I've seen them. You've probably seen them. I don't know. You didn't really tour. Not really interacted with them. I didn't come in as a freshman. There was no reason. That's true. You just kind of knew us, got your to your degree and then came in and transferred. Yeah. I, I kind of just came in like I already knew the place mm-hmm. because I did a little Cause bit. Cause you kind of did. But 
it was so easy. A little different for you. But, well, I had a more traditional experience. I was on campus touring it in the summer. My parents didn't come with me. They were pretty laissez-faire about letting me figure out the whole college thing myself. But I still came up with one of my friends. We toured. And I met the Cyclonades. And I was like, oh, this seems like a great summer job. Like, how did you get it? And they told me, you just apply in the fall. If they accept you, you go through training during the spring. And then during the summers when you do the job. So I decided before I took my IT job, before I even started classes, I'm going to try to do that. So I got accepted, which led to an entire semester's worth of intense training about not only basically everything you would ever want to know about the university, but also basically everything you would want to know about being a good student and having a good college experience, which led me to building College Info Geek. Hmm. So first weird little diversion experience led me to and i guess the other thing was uh, i was reading this blog called hat college at the time and i liked it and uh they put out a call for staff writers at the end of my freshman year as i was getting ready to start the actual job part of being a cyclonade uh, so i applied figuring hey good resume experience and they rejected me so i'm like well i don't want to have this guest post that i wrote as part of my application go to waste so i'm just going to make my own college blog whatever and i remember putting it up and thinking this is going to be nothing but Maybe it'll be a good resume experience. And for the longest time, it was basically just that. Very little traffic, didn't matter, just did it as a hobby. So I did that whole job, gave all the campus tours, helped organize like the whole freshman orientation thing, and then went right back to my IT job. So a little bit of a divergent experience, but at this point, sophomore year, still thinking IT. Eventually transfer from IT to the web development area and this was kind of an interesting one because i went to the web development office not to ask for a job but to ask if i could host a website that my it or my mis teacher wanted me to build on the campus web servers and uh the dude running all the web servers was like well actually the idea that your teacher has is not legal so we can't do this <laughs> but naturally um, I'm interested in you as like a potential job candidate because we need more developers <laughs> and I told him okay like what do I need to know and he listed like PHP MySQL Zen Framework all these things I did not know and I was like cool I know uh, CSS and a little bit of JavaScript and some HTML and uh, I'm, I'm really glad he did this he was like you have potential you definitely don't know as much as we need you to know but we have this 10 question online test that we give to every applicant go home and take like two weeks and try to do as much of it as you can. So I went back to my dorm and I just like brute forced my way through this programming test, barely understanding of like what I was doing, but I got most of the questions solved. A lot of, uh, a lot of stack overflow Googling was done, Yeah, <laughs> but I got it and uh, it was a pretty good job, but eventually I realized like, Everyone here is just way better at programming than I am. And as much as I'm trying to get caught up, and they actually gave me time to get caught up, I was not going to get caught up to the point where I would actually be useful. So I eventually left the job mainly because I didn't think it was useful enough. Uh, and that kind of led me into my summer internship. So this was the big one. I got a summer internship at this big financial company. And my mentor there basically said like you can pick where you want to work and i'm like cool i want to work in networking thinking it was going to be me going all over the corporate campus being active plugging in servers building out servers it wasn't <laughs> it was uh it was sitting in the cubicle changing firewall settings for eight hours a day well you can't let the other people get on facebook you can't you need to block them my job was blocking facebook oddly twitter wasn't blocked which was great because I just used Twitter a lot. Huh. I also kind of not really bent the rules, but did things that they didn't intend, so they never wrote rules for. Like, Facebook was blocked, so I just used remote desktop software to remote over to my home computer and use Facebook there. <laughs> you were just stress testing their bureaucracy. That's true. And they probably wrote new rules. I Yes, they did. <laughs> well, there I you, remember you my were helping. came out of a meeting one day and he's just like, yeah, we just had a meeting about remote desktop websites and I've got like this log sheet here of all the different, you know, corporate computers that are accessing them. Yeah, you're about half of all the accessing. Well, I guess it's because nobody else knows about remote desktop, I guess. But I get why they were 
a little apprehensive about it. So I think they ended up blocking it. Um, I really did not like the corporate, like the cubicle monkey work. But the other thing, because I realized I could have gone and gotten like the cert uh, certification that lets you actually lay network cable and build servers. That's a different job. And you like, you can do that. So anybody who's interested in networking, but doesn't want to be a cubicle monkey, you can do that. But what I learned over that summer was I really didn't like both the cubicle monkey work. And I also didn't like maintaining servers and doing the same thing over and over again. What I really did like was running my blog because it was super creative and I got to work with brands that summer. I got to do all kinds of cool stuff. So I think that was really the turning point where I was like, oh, this isn't for me, the whole networking database administrator, all that kind of stuff. That's not for me. This more creative route, even though it's not based in IT at all, I think I want to go pursue that for a bit. So big lesson for me was I had to go and do a job before I knew that I didn't like that area. But also more importantly, uh, before I knew that I didn't like certain aspects of that work. Like I don't like maintenance. I don't like bureaucracy and levels of management and all that kind of stuff. Like it was the experience that really convinced me that entrepreneurship was something that I would enjoy. So uh, that's a decent midpoint. So let's, let's start with yours then and get, I don't know, to a similar. All right. Position. What, what am I, uh, what am I including here? All well, jo you, just jobs. You worked in, or like everything that yeah, mildly we're, we're le no, leads we're talking anywhere. About career path. Okay. Well, I got a bunch of weird extracurriculars that also gave me job skills. I mean, if you want to mention them, I guess we could so, briefly mention them. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically my first job was in desktop support. It was an internship at my community college. Same job as mine. I actually did get to go around the entire campus constantly setting up labs and fixing people's stuff. And oh, it was really better. fun, except for the one time that this lady yelled at me for not knowing when the electricity would be fixed because I was like, I'm not the electrician. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> the rest of it was really fun. There's a line in IT, which is never let the electricians near the servers. And I think electricians have a very similar line about IT guys. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, you shouldn't have known about Stay the electricity. Stay in your lane. This yep. is <laughs> At least when you're, you're working on the job currently. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. Around that same time, I was also uh, basically, I had co-founded and was running a couple of dumb more or less like clubs that weren't school sponsored. And then one was kind of uh, in almost a music label. It was more of just a collective where we managed artists and set up some shows and released albums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of weird leadership, entrepreneurial almost experience in the beginning there. Yeah. So then I go to university and then... Meaning uh, Iowa State? Yeah, Iowa okay. State. I go to Iowa State. So your four-year university. And then, so I had graduated with my associates and a desktop support certification. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. So I, you, you had an actual degree. Yes, which set me up very easily to swoop in and always get student jobs. Yep. Because I was just like, well, I have a degree in this topic. Would you like <laughs> to hire me for basically minimum wage? Of course you would. <laughs> That's and, true. And, and then... Uh, so I did tons of different jobs there. I did desktop support several times. I started doing web development jobs. Uh, I actually did also have a web development job that I quit because I couldn't do it, also involving the PHP Zen framework. Mm. But the thing is, the person that had set all the stuff up, they had basically the equivalent of five to ten years more experience than me, and I was just like, I, I can't catch up to this. That was kind of what it was will not happen. for me in the web development department. If like, it, the other people they hired had been programming for years. Yeah. And what happened was eventually, I kept seeing that job in the job boards. Eventually, they more more or less doubled the pay, mm -hmm. I think it was, because they were just like, nobody can fill this role. It turns <laughs> out this is way harder than we thought it was. Yep. But mostly, I was doing web development and desktop support over and over and over. I started writing articles with, uh, you know, College Info oh, Geek. Yeah. That was, was that cool. Your, that, that was your first experience with CIG, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, w I wanted to write a language article. I didn't know That's right. what to do with my language skills, but I liked that I had them and I was interested in it and I was like, I want to write an article. And that was before your blog. That's a thing. Yeah. That was Actually, I think the first thing you did with CIG was uh, doing the video version of my Toaster Ovens article. This is true. Because we I used to be extremely made a stupid video first. <laughs> but um, obviously that 
you know, you wanted to hire me based on that. That was the reason. Later. Years later, you look back at that video, and that's how you knew. Mm -hmm. But I started writing articles. Didn't write very many, to be completely honest. I wrote I quite, I wrote quite a few, just not nearly as many as you. Not to a professional. I wrote like 10, maybe. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And then I started doing Polyglot, where I learned to build a website, because I had built mine on a cool WordPress framework that later I rebuilt your site on. Mm-hmm. So had I not written an article randomly for you, then kept getting into language, and then I made my own blog so that I could write more articles, which gave me the experience to come right back to working with you mm-hmm. to build your website. And that was an interesting thing because I think, didn't we work together on the Polyglot design? We had worked together on at least one of the redesigns, and if not pieces of the first one but the first design is so old to me that i don't remember all of it mm. i don't remember everything that happened i know for sure we worked together on at least one of the redesigns the first one was yours and then yeah i think i ended up doing the redesign we altered in photoshop it a few times yeah for you and then you coded it and i think that was like the big thing I was like oh okay well i want to design the new cig look but i don't have the tech chops to code like css that's responsive yeah that was a big thing i don't know how to do responsive css at the time, all the cool kids were switching their blogs from uh, static designs to responsive. Yeah. Which now it's like, do people even remember static websites? I barely do. Yeah. You know, if a site isn't responsive, it's just like, what? Is this from the Stone Ages? Uh, so we did that for a poly- a Polyglot, and that was kind of like a casual thing. But then I got in my head, I was like, wait, you know how to do this. And you know how to use that framework. So let's do it. Yeah, and I was just like, I'd love to do this, but I need the money from this part-time job. Yep. And then you just <laughs> bought me out of that job. We just calculated what I was going to make at this part-time job, and I was like, hey, I have to quit. I'm building this cool website now. <laughs> but that was mm-hmm. interesting because I really wanted to do desktop support. I, I yeah. loved doing that. I thought I was going to be doing that kind of a thing, managing and fixing and hopefully giving the printer work to somebody else because I hated fixing printers. I mean, who doesn't as hate all, fixing As printers? all should. But it's but, kind of interesting. Like we both wanted to do IT infrastructure work of one variety or another. Yeah. And then I started leaning into web development. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to do it though. I had taken a few classes in high school, but I didn't know how to do more dynamic web development. So then I started leaning into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then... Let's see. Flying Hippo happened, right? Yeah. And then... I actually did use College Info Geek as a resume line mm-hmm. and Polyglot and all the stuff that I had done and all all the languages and all the websites and all the jobs. And since I was able to easily get student jobs, I had like probably five or six relevant lines yeah. on my resume to, to apply to that first job. So I, I did get it and made the cool Love Letter website also. Had you done any of the development on the Oiled Up Birds website, that record label thing way back? Like, did that factor into your application? I, no, no. I, okay. I maybe helped a little bit, but I didn't include that at all in or any did, application. Did that factor into any of your on-campus jobs? I feel like no for Iowa State, because okay. at some point uh, we had quit that. So I probably stopped mm. using it as an example and wanted to lean into the language thing pretty hard. Gotcha. So okay. I don't think I ever used that on a resume, but I have used most everything else. Um, oh, other unrelated thing. I did also record my own music in community college and recorded some other stuff in, in university. So I learned like audacity and mm-hmm. audio editing, which led me to editing this podcast oh, yeah. initially. Yep. So You're editing this podcast. For yeah, a while I, too. I went to Flying Hippo. I got that job. I was managing like hundreds of servers. And to it was cool. Tell people who don't know, Flying Hippo is a professional web design. Agent. Yeah, it's a really cool web design. Uh, agency and i basically got the original job that i wanted Mm -hmm. managing tons of servers and fixing nonsense because you weren't initially hired as were you you i was hired as a web developer oh okay but But then 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 it moved but then i kind of leaned into hey did you know that i love working in the terminal and can do all this linux stuff because i also happened to use ubuntu Mm -hmm. for years of my own volition oh hey there's so there's like another weird little offshoot like you just happened to use ubuntu yeah. For a long time. Well, I mean, I do tons of weird stuff, and it comes from the fact 
that I already did tons of weird stuff. It allows me to keep branching off into random directions yeah. from wherever I want. But then I got the you know the nerve injury, and I needed to quit that job to heal my arms. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't been prepared to edit audio and then suddenly do the podcasting, I wouldn't have initially had something to do. Now, I, I guess, were you editing the podcast right away I, when you did that? I think I was getting ready to. Okay, I actually can't remember I needed, the time. I think I that. needed to learn that a little bit. But initially, it was like, I will be able to edit the podcast. I'll research stuff. I've read books. I don't remember which ones in like a day. Yeah. For this thing, just so I could record, or just so I'd be prepared for a podcast. The main thing I remember you doing, because we were just like, all right, it's three months, like, take the time to heal up and do whatever you can do to help the business. And I think you, like, downloaded a bunch of advanced web development books and just, like, trucked through them. Or maybe they were, like, maybe. marketing books. I oh, I did that. I did that for Flying Hippo once. Okay, maybe that's what it was. I did. I did. They wanted me to read a few books to fill in the gaps, kind of like you filling out the quiz or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then I took the entire series of those books and read them just to show off and and overdo it. And then I think I read a bunch of marketing and other kinds of stuff later on to do this work. And then I'd been practiced with audio editing, which is cool because I had to lean out of web development and servers and computer stuff because I hurt my hands. I had to lean completely out of that career immediately. Yeah. I remember that was like a really scary time. Yeah, I had to quit the thing that makes me money. This job is is like going to disable my hands which is what i need to do this job and make money yeah and the money pays for the physical therapy that fixes the hands Mm -hmm. and also this is what i've been this is like my skill this is my selling point is the technology stuff Mm -hmm. and i had to find a way out of it initially now i do a lot of that again now but combined with other stuff yeah which brief aside for anybody out there dealing with like any any kind of like rsi or nerve issues like i still occasionally deal with nerve issues i know you do as well yep when i am active and i go out and climb or bike or run or whatever they subside when i become a little desk goblin and just like work all the time they come back so i mean i think the physical therapy is definitely like something to look into as well if it's serious but oh it was for real me, bad like um variety of movement and exercise has helped so much yeah exercise variety of movement um good posture Mm -hmm. if i sit if i like drive for too long in bad posture or i'm just like i forget that i used to be injured and i start leaning over on my phone or something i will definitely feel it and it will all it'll start as muscle pain and then it'll pinch a nerve and i'll start feeling it and i'll be like well i better stop this before i ruin everything again so it's Mm -hmm. watch out don't uh don't break yourself yeah (laughs) try not to break yourself but yeah and then i started working with you part-time while we figured out what I was going to do as I healed. That's right. So yeah, I think editing the podcast may have been the first thing. Yeah, I wasn't ready to code yet, so. And if I remember, you know what? I think you might have joined the podcast full-time pretty shortly after you did, like you joined CIG. I do think it was. Ostensibly full-time. It was more or less. Because it was very logical. It's like, okay, well, you can't really use your hands that well, but talking into a microphone doesn't involve your hands. Yeah. You just have to like read, do some research, you know, get prepared. I think you did the majority of the research for the whole Path to College series, which is still, I think, one of our most heavily researched, I guess it's a trio of episodes. And we should find a way to like make playlists of podcast episodes because those three are so far back in the catalog that no one would ever find them. Yeah, it like, becomes hard to discover old podcast episodes. Like, I mean, we're recording this in the summer. There's probably a lot of high school students who are, like, getting ready to go to college. Those three episodes they should mm-hmm. listen to. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's an idea. For I, have, I have a couple leads, but we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess that brings us both to, like, now we're both full-time. Yeah. Doing so this stuff. You were, like, the first, like, quasi-full-time person. Even though at first it was just, like, <laughs> heal up and don't overextend yourself and i have no expectations (laughs) yeah yeah at first it was like i'm gonna i'm about to spend all of my savings on therapy here's i just need to cover my like like costs Mm -hmm. while i don't break my hands yeah so then you started editing audio um we had already done cig v4 which was the first project yeah uh what was that 2016 yeah i think it was 2016 i think it was yeah 
Yep. So the next year we started thinking about the redesign, which is what people see now. But that didn't get done until last year. That was a long process. I looked at my initial, like, git commit on that project. It took a year Mm -hmm. to get it done because stuff kept happening in the middle and we're trying to manage and turn it. It, it, This has grown into, like, a legitimate team based business within yep. that time so it was like we got stuff to figure out yep i'm confused we have 10 people now yeah we had to basically we've had to roll with a lot of punches mm-hmm. and i was like i'm trying to code this website on the side and you've got the design pieces of it but also how do we do this i i don't know how to do that effectively let's figure that out yeah yeah exactly uh okay so that that puts you kind of well beyond where i stopped which was right after yeah i didn't have a, i didn't have a middle internship so the internship ended, uh, that was summer 2011, I think. So this was well before you were working with me. This might have been even before you did your language article. But the the year after the internship is when I started to go a little more hard on the blog, and I was really interested in possibly going full-time with it. Um, I made a mistake. So junior year of college, first semester, I was an RA. So I guess that's part of my career development. I also got a job at the business like career services center as basically just like office secretary dude. I scheduled things, I filed things, opened mail, all that kind of stuff. That was just a job. Um, but I was also in the career center, so I was learning a little bit there too. And then I had this idea that if I wanted to be a successful blogger, I needed to quit all of my jobs and basically spend all of my time outside of class working on the blog. The only problem was I had no structure. So I spent the second semester of my junior year basically being lazy. <laughs> I think there's like a post on College of Geek lamenting like how bad of a decision that was. I played a lot of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I can tell you that. Well, that was important for your career development. That was, that was pretty important, I guess. Uh, so the next relevant stop, which seemed like just a total side bro- project at the time, was the summer after that semester... I went to this event called Ignite and Ignites are held everywhere and they're actually a really good way to get public speaking experience because anyone can submit a talk. The talk must be only five minutes. It has to have 20 slides and your slides auto advance every 15 seconds. So it's like this very constricted format. But because of that, like as long as you practice well, it's pretty hard to mess it up and it's five minutes. You know, it's a pretty kind of good gateway to public speaking. So I did a talk and then they said the videos were going to come out a month after the event was done. And two months later, no videos. And me being, I don't know, slightly narcissistic, I guess, I wanted to see the video of my talk. <laughs> I need <laughs> so, to see myself talk right now. <laughs> I called the, I called the department up and I'm like, hey, you know, I was just wondering like if those talks are going to come out and... You know, I don't really know much about video editing, but I can learn really fast. Like, if you need help, I probably could learn how to cut those things together. Uh, And they said, well, actually, we just finished those, but we need somebody to do a video project this summer um, that we're doing for, like, a a different thing. I guess they had all these engineering students coming in from around the country to do this big engineering internship that summer at Iowa State. So they said, all right, we want somebody to come in like interview a bunch of the students, film them doing their projects, film them doing their work and create essentially like a big commercial so we can get more people the next year. And again, I didn't know anything. So they assigned this dude who knew everything about three point lighting and camera setup and final cut pro. He taught it all to me. It was awesome. I totally forgot about this. And I think I was only vaguely aware to begin with. I think, yeah, I think I was just like, all right, guys, have fun playing Monster Hunter all day. I'm off to my weird video job at the virtual. Yeah, I don't know that I ever actually knew the purpose behind it. I just kind of vaguely knew interviews were involved for some reason. Yep. Huh. Yeah. We might be able to link to this in the show notes. I think I have it like in a secret, like my work playlist on YouTube of things that I've made that aren't on my channel. But that was. One of those things where it seems like a little offshoot that you're just doing for fun, but then it comes around later because 2014 rolls around and I'm like, hey, what if I made YouTube videos? And I wasn't even making videos for YouTube. Uh, I was following the Fizzle blog and 
I remember one week, uh, Chase from Fizzle decided to take a little snippet of one of their video courses and just turn it into a blog post. And he was just like, hey, you know, we thought it would be cool to put like a video in our blog post, like it will spice up the content a little bit. And I agreed. I was like, all right, well, what if I made a video and then made a blog post for that video? And like, it's just going to go up on the blog and it'll be kind of like fun, extra content, just like the podcast. So I did a video, put it on YouTube as a blog post, basically like just to embed it but then i was like wait this was fun and i started making more videos and even though i was using premiere pro instead of final cut like a lot of the techniques are the same so lighting i already knew it cameras headings already knew it from that summer job cutting footage multi-track editing already knew it and it was kind of like i was off for the races right away like i had done the work but it didn't feel like I had to learn it to become a YouTuber because it was just like, it was in the past. That's cool that there was also an origin story for video. Mm-hmm. Having forgotten that story, I didn't pin, I didn't put those things together. The podcast has an origin story too. That one was me going to Blog World in New York City, having been like a huge fan of Pat Flynn's podcast and uh, watching a talk that he did, basically saying like, when people come up to me and say they know of me, it's almost always because of the podcast. And they say things like, I feel like I know you. I feel like we're hanging out. And he said, like, it's his favorite medium to work in. And this was like June of 2012. And I got really inspired. And then, of course, waited six months to start my podcast because I was very, very shy. That's fair. (laughs) And I was living with you guys at the time. So I bought a Blue Yeti microphone. And you guys would have never known that I was podcasting because I always waited for you guys to, like, go to the grocery store or leave for some reason or be at class. And when everyone was gone, then I would do my podcast episodes until I think it's like episode 18 was the first one that you're on. Oh yeah. Which is either a five questions where we're playing stupid video games. We did or the interview with Benny Lewis where you and I shared earbuds of one set of headphones. That wasn't well thought out. We could (laughs) have, we could have prepped for that better, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Well, I realized I didn't have the but gear it was, to split. It was the still a cool connection. moment. It was. Yeah, yeah but cause... we didn't we didn't think through how that actually works yet. Mm-hmm. And like Benny and I are good friends now, but at the time Benny seemed like this, you know, god of the pantheon pro blogger, and I was like this plucky college. But, student. And I was into language, so and I was like, like, "This is the language guy." Yeah, and you're the guy who showed me his blog, so I was like, "All right, well, if I'm gonna reach out to Benny, like, I think you should be able to interview him too." Yeah, and that was kind of the start of us like doing media together. Yeah, yeah, everything has a weird origin. Yeah, we didn't just sit down and say, how are we going to make like a cool content-based business where we do productivity stuff, mm-hmm. ostensibly? It yeah. just kind of fell into place through several side projects mm-hmm. all adding up together. So really, it's just like we followed our interests along like paths and directions that seemed like they would be productive. That's yeah. really the only way I can boil it down. And I guess along the way, I've never had like a grand vision for this. Never, you know, even when I started making videos, never was like, I'm going to be a million subscriber YouTuber. I was just making a video for my blog and never thought I would do anything huge with the podcast. I was just like, I'm just going to make a podcast. It'll be fun. Yeah, it but was. There was always like this sense that this is contributing to College Info Geek in some way. Yeah, it's like for the the skill boost, it's for the vague sense that something's being done but mm-hmm. it wasn't like financially planned out to be yeah a cornerstone of anything yeah very few things have been financially planned out yeah stuff just kind of happened it, you know following paths is really cool in that way and some of the stuff like it's not even all professional stuff a lot of my extra skills came from recording albums working with a music yep. collective and organizing shows and I mean, the first thing I really co-founded was a stupid group where we would fight each other with wooden swords really (laughs) unsafely. There was no protection there, and we did hurt some people. It was a bad idea. (laughs) Don't do it. I got hit in the eye with the javelin. Anyway. Sometimes you get hit in the eye with the javelin. That's the worst physical pain I've ever felt in my life, including breaking my finger on the mountain bike easily. I think when you broke your finger on the mountain bike, you were in so much shock. The the hand went numb. Because you walked down that mountain with me, and, like, you weren't doubled over in pain or anything. I think you were just like... No, I was just like, I can't really move my finger. That's weird. You were so no, calm. don't get hit in the eye with a javelin. 
which in this case was a broomstick with a sock taped to the end of it. So it wasn't sharp. I can still see. My eyes are still working. (laughs) Oh, actually, it was only barely bigger than my eye socket. That could have gone much worse. Yeah, it could have been bad. (laughs) But that gave me confidence and leadership experience and organizing like 40 people experience. Mm -hmm. It's the dumbest activity in the world, but it still somehow contributed to my abilities to do anything useful. Yeah. So yeah. like every path where you have the opportunity to learn something new could end up useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, even back when I was a teenager, uh, I was making websites for fun. And then I met a kid in math class and he was like, I know HTML. And I was like, do you? Because do you want to like make a business doing websites? Yeah. And then we did. And that imploded. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it imploded, but we kind of split. We split ways business-wise. We're still friends. We're actually roommates for a while after that, but we realized we didn't work well together, and then I just casually ran the business on the side, made some extra money in college. But then, like, all that taught me how to do theme customizations and WordPress, or at least gave me, like, a, a head start on that. So I was able to make my blog look cool. Yeah. And I, run I think fast. a lot of this comes from the fact that we didn't really even think to second-guess these mm-hmm. to decide whether they were worth starting. You know, because I've seen yeah. I've seen a lot of problems where people are like, I want to follow my passion. I don't know which one's the right passion. Mm-hmm. I and you know I would get concerned. Should I even try studying this language because I've got to study it for like ever? Am I ready for a long term commitment? Thinking way too many steps ahead. Yeah, and I mean that slowed me down in certain languages. But with all these other random skills, I didn't even think to think two or three or four steps ahead. I was just like, I don't know, step one seems cool, I guess. I got nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into something. I couldn't have known what I was capable of doing Yeah. if I had been like, but actually I want to do computer stuff. Why Why am I doing this? It has nothing to do with computer stuff. Throw those albums in the trash. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to remind myself of that with music as well because there's like this, I guess there's like this feeling in my head that I should decide on what sort of a genre of music I'm going to make far in the future and then sort of work towards it. And I'm not saying that's like a bad way to go about it. You know, if you want to play super awesome jazz fusion metalcore, then go for it. But I've just kind of reminded myself like my career has taken this weird careening twisty path and it's gotten to a pretty cool place. Why can't music? Right now, I'm interested in doing weird life-looping experiments. Any second, you're going to be doing K-pop covers. I might be doing K-pop covers. I won't be doing K-pop covers. Actually, never say never. Yeah, it might happen. (laughs) Who knows? Look at Lady Baby. (laughs) Yeah. that's Okay, if our show notes guy wants to link to Lady Baby, it needs to be the one with, like, the bearded wrestler Australian dude wearing the maid costume because I think they stopped working with him and now they're just oh, no. like, I mean, I mean, that's still I'm sure fine, people like but... them, but he was the star of the show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty great. Anyway. So now we're here started at not the bottom. Yeah. Now we're here. Started somewhere different. Now started, we're here. Started somewhere that's, different. I don't know if that's as inspiring by default, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not using my IT degree. I'm not working on networks. I did hook up a network attached storage to my computer. That's true. Like a couple months ago. So I guess that counts. Yeah, I'm like I'm kind of using my degree, but not in the way that the, I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not on any of the like suggested jobs or anything. Whoa, technology advice where it should be yeah. suggested job. I think we should petition our college to add like technology viceroy at big internet blog. As a potential career path for MIS grads. I'll email him. Let's email him. Let's do it. Anyway, I think that basically gets us to here. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next. You know, we could do anything. We could do anything. Let's go be famous singers. All right. Let's do it. I actually have to go to the gym. So we're going to wrap this show up. Um, So once again, just to remind you, the podcast is going to essentially be bi-weekly in the future. That's why we missed last week. Um... We will have a few bonus episodes. Yeah, I, if we wanted to fulfill all of the sponsors we've already agreed mm-hmm. to do stuff with. So several months, we'll have like three. Yeah, so they'll just be extra fun uh, bonus episodes. It'll stay on your toes. Wake up and be like, hey, there's not supposed to be an episode this Monday, but there is. What? Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're doing that. And then I think going into 2019, it's going to be bi-weekly and it may also evolve in other ways. It could, you know, it could indeed. I want to talk about things that may not fall under a college podcast umbrella. Like AI. I love AI. Do I? I'm impartial. Do you? I'm kind of impartial to it now too. I like the topic. Anywho, if you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go over to CIGpodcast.com slash 268, or you can go over to CIGpodcast.com. None of the numbers after that. You could probably leave the slash in there. That gets translated either way because browsers are pretty good. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, and I just hit the microphone. Anyway, we're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I think they are doing away with iTunes. Uh, I was following the WWDC announcements. I think they're like literally just getting rid of iTunes in general, and there's going to be an Apple Podcasts app for the Mac. Don't know about Windows. We'll hmm. see. But uh, if you want to support this show, and iTunes is still around as of these, uh, the time you're listening to this, then you can give us a rating and review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. Or uh, I don't know if Google Podcasts has ratings or reviews, but... One surefire way to support us if you don't have access to an Apple platform is just to share this podcast with a friend, maybe show them your favorite episode, and they might become a listener as well. But, of course, as always, we just appreciate that you're hanging out with us and listening, so thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for sticking around. And uh, as always, again, we're going to see you in next... Not next week's episode. Ooh, we're going to see you the in next the next episode. Next episode. Which will be probably um, in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Cool. All right, I'm going to go climb, and then I'm going to go on vacation. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. Also, stay cute.